I think it's probably safe to say, too, that what we're going to talk about tonight really can kind of fall into really any kind of category, whether it's scotch or it's tequila or rum or even beer, right? I mean, it's kind of the same kind of process, really. Uh, so, so what's the first category, Andrew? What, what do, how do we want to get to people? And, and so the, the first part of getting getting up, if a person comes up to you asking about scotch or or you, you have somebody that you know that may be interested, the first thing you need to do, number one, and I wish you had graphics for this, is number one, you have to understand them. So the first thing I do when I'm bringing somebody into the exploration of, of whiskey like this is number one, I have two main questions. How do you drink your coffee or tea, depending on what they do, and how do you drink your beer? Um, and maybe a third question is, do you drink mixed drinks or hard, or hard liquor at all? So, you know, if, if somebody drinks black coffee and Guinness, they are going to be more open to those richer, bolder flavors of a sherry bomb or a peated whiskey. If they're a tea drinker that has milk in their tea and doesn't drink beer and maybe some white wine, then you have to approach that a very different way. You start with the lower ABVs, you add water to them, you maybe you start with a, an ice, ice block in there. It's just a different entry point into the scenario. And if they drink whiskey, you know, if they're a, you know, it, it, it almost doesn't matter if they're a, a regular coffee drinker with um, a wide range of beers, but they but they do like bourbons. Well, that's a whole different aspect. They're already up to the 40% ABV whiskey, and it's time to, to really expand at that point. So that's those are the first questions I have for a, a new a new whiskey drink. Uh oh, watch my yeah. mouse died. Oh, there it goes. I got it. Okay, <laughs> go ahead, Mark. So, you know, one of the things that that uh, and, and I, I hate to do, I don't hate to do it, but it's I, people I'm sure get put off just a, a little bit. And when they ask me, literally the first thing I do is is I turn it back on them when they say, "Oh man, I, I really want to try a scotch." Well, what do you recommend I try? I mean, the first thing I do is, is is answer the question with a question, and, and it's literally to to your point, Andrew, is to get to know them. I'm trying to understand their palate, and maybe it's not just a drinking palate. And you know, I ask them, "What's your favorite foods? What what kind of flavors do you like? You know, do you, do you like sweet? Do you like bitter? Do you like rich? Do you um do you like smoky things? Do you smoke cigars? I, all I want to know is I'm trying to to get to know their palate um, because without knowing their palate, I really have no where to start on the reference point. And, and you really want to start somebody off on the right foot. You don't want to send them down a path where their first experience is horrible because they, they might not ever come back. I mean, Drew did, he came down to my house when he first got into this and he had a pretty bad experience. He went through the whole lineup and was like, I can't drink this. And but <laughs> nevertheless, he was committed to the journey. And so, um, you know, just this week at work, somebody asked me, oh, wow, you, you, you drink scotch? And, you know, I, it turned into um, a long conversation of me asking them questions for probably 10 or 15 minutes before I really felt comfortable making any kind of suggestion. And that's only the first step in this process. Right, Andrew? That's exactly right. And, and you need to understand where a new person is coming from in their alcohol, whiskey, beer journey, and, 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 and walk and tip to, and quite honestly, in some cases you have to tiptoe in. So you don't say, Oh, you know, you start them with a Lafroig and they're like, I'm out. I'm never going to do this. Which but, ironically yeah. happens all the time with scotch. I mean, we've we've had multiple conversations. I, I, I can't tell you, I, you know, 
probably at least, you know, double digits conversations of people that are like, oh, I, I don't want scotch, man. I've had it before. It's awful. It's like, well, what did you have? Oh, I don't know. It was the stuff. It was like, you know, ashtray and cigarettes. I'm like, well, why did you start with that? Well, I don't know. I just grabbed a bottle of scotch. And it's like, well, okay, well, that wasn't a good choice, more than likely. I mean, it's right. something that you want to kind of ease them into. And that's probably, I know where I'm probably maybe getting ahead a little bit, but some of the different areas of how you approach this journey too is also kind of important, right? So, I mean, you want to kind of get into a situation where you're not going right in. Okay, you've you've established some guidelines. You've asked some questions. You're like, okay, what do you like to eat? What's your taste buds? Are you a spicy person or not a spicy person? You're a salty, whatever. What, you know, what kind of, what kind of coffee did, what kind of alcohol do you drink? Whatever, you, you've got some ideas. Now you got to take them and say, okay, all right, let's let's figure out what kind of what kind of journey do I want to take you to? I, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten phone calls from our buddies online, especially our gamer friends have called me and they're like, all right, Drew, I'm at a liquor store. I don't know what to get. I'm like, okay, hold on a second. Show me what you got. What are your options? Okay, now what did you like again? You you're you're, you're a tequila drinker, okay, or you know, or you're a you're a, a bourbon guy, but you're not used to scotch yet. Okay, let's look at this and look at the options. I'm like, okay. Now I, I know because I, I have at least a good idea of kind of all the different things we've had before. So I can kind of point them in the right way, but it's really important to kind of, you know, help them understand what flavors to get and also budget. I mean, cause you don't want them to buy a, you know, this is a great bottle, right? This is a coffee, chocolate bomb and all kinds of stuff, but this is going to set them back 200 bucks. So this is probably kind of down the road that you might, they may love it, but then you're, <laughs> They may run away because it's so damn expensive. So I don't know. It's it's one of those things where you have to kind of help them, guide them on what they take, what they take. Yeah. So so 100% pure mustard put this one up as well. And and this is something I haven't really worked through well is the the um, the really hoppy craft beers. So I do like hoppy craft beers as well. So so this makes sense to me that you have like bitter hops or grapefruit hops that are. It's, it's kind of an alternate flavor. It does make sense that they would like peated whiskey. Um, I hadn't really thought of that. that that's, a great, that's a great build on, the, on this discussion. So the, the first step that we've all kind of agreed on is, is literally trying to get to know that individual's palate and, and, and tastes and, and likes and dislikes. That, that's really step one. So right. now we've gotten past step one. What's the next thing we that you that you suggest we do? Yeah, the ne- the next process that I go through is you start the education process. So you you bring out you know you you get an idea of where to start, and then you bring out some of your entry level whiskeys like a Virgin Oak or a Johnny Walker Black or a, a Beastie if they're potentially heated. Some of these whiskeys that have you know, and I see Mark's got a monkey shoulder, which is great great entry level whiskey. Um, there's a Buchanan there, a, a Budenhoff as well. You know th- those kind of whiskeys that are that are that are fairly on the lower end to really explore what you think their flavor is, but maybe isn't what their flavor is. And the other point is going into this education process is you have tiny, tiny little pours because you don't want to pour a two ounce pour of one whiskey the first time and they're drunk after a glass and a half. <laughs> Anything. Well, you got you got to take it slow, Andrew. You're right. I mean, it's an education thing. I mean, like what I have here uh, on my bar here is I've got. I feel like I, I just grabbed what I had, but it's 
it's a journey through different areas of what scotch could be, right? Not, and I'm not doing anything crazy. I'm not going down major distilleries, et cetera, but just something, right? You, you can you can go down. Um, this is probably more like that over here, but let's start let's start like this, right? Maybe even do this. Keep kind of keep in order. Yep. So, you know, blends. Obviously, we all know scotch blends are like what eighty percent or something like that from export perspective. Blends are everywhere. And they're a nice intro way to get into a cheap, decent scotch. It's more grain whiskey. Like this, this uh, Buchanan's is a nice blend. But you get in the monkey shoulder. It's more malty. You get into naked grouse. It's malty and sherry. And you get into the Buna over here, this 12-year-old, right? It's a, it's more of a kind of getting into that little bit of the Isla side of the house. But it's, you know, it's nice chocolate. It's sweet. It's not what you're going to get into. And then the same thing with this the Smoky Joe, right? It's kind of a... A nice way to get into Isla without going down a huge rabbit hole, and it's not that expensive. So it's a nice way to kind of talk through and educate what they are, what kind of the main things are. Obviously, there's all kinds of, you know, different areas you can go down to avenue-wise, but these are kind of the main pieces, right? And it's it's important to kind of say, okay, what what do you think you will like? Based on what I know about you now, knowing that you're a coffee drinker, you love coffee black, and you're like you're kind of a sweet tooth as well. You know, what do you, do you like? Do you like a hot alcohol? Do you like to have beer, cold alcohol? What do you what do you want? Like, you know, maybe you can go down the avenue and say, well, why don't we look at the price and maybe check out this 12? Maybe it's a nice way to start off your journey and see what happens. Yeah. So one of the things that I think when, when you say educate and, and I, I agree with it, um, it educate them also on how to appreciate what they're tasting. So, it's you know, you, you pour that first glass. And if you've got the experience, you start calling out some of those flavor notes and some of those aromas and, and trying to help educate their palate. I mean, I don't know how many people I know um, have drunk scotch, uh, for instance, a, a blue label, a Johnny Walker blue label, and you know their description is smooth. And it's like, wow, you, you, know, you, you really missed all the intricacies of that whiskey because you don't even know how to appreciate what was in that glass. Uh, no one's no one's taught you. You've you've never been pointed out what this is or what that yeah. is or what this scent is or what this flavor is. And so, if you're there to kind of hold their hand and walk them through their first couple glasses or first couple bottles of di different flavors, it really is going to help them appreciate what it is they have and whether they like it or not. Maybe they don't really care for that one. That's fine, but they can at least appreciate what's in it and move on to something and find something they do like. But right. appreciating what it is is really a big step. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree that, that that discussion during those first tastings is really important because when you're first tasting whiskey, you don't really know what to look for. You haven't been educated. You don't know that you should see honey or vanillas or uh, cherries or chocolates. You don't know you should see that in whiskey because you've never done it. So that's right. where tasting with friends is the best way to do it. Because then you say, oh, yeah, okay, I'm getting some, do, do, you, do you taste chocolate here? And they'll say, no, I don't get that. Or how about vanilla? Yeah, I, get, I they do vanilla. And, and it's those trigger words that really make it happen. So, you know, uh, uh, burnt toast, uh, marzipan, um, Cheerios, those kinds of things where people have a, a more common experience will say, oh, yes, that's what I was getting. I didn't realize that. And that's where it expands and that's where you start to kind of blow up the mind of what whiskey can be kind of an aha moment too right where you're right. getting something and you're like i mean we 
we got friends we talked to and we're like, I don't, I just don't know. I can't get anything out of this. And then you, you see them one time go, I, I got, is Rice Krispies a smell? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yes. yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Good. Yes. Like, yes. Okay, I can yes. It's okay. I'm like, yeah, it's great. You know? And, and, and you get into that and then I'm like, okay, I'm, I can smell something now. And it's part of it's just kind of understanding, educating and let them kind of, relax, get into what we've got. But it, but there really is a kind of combo. I mean, you have to understand what they want to get them started. You know, hopefully they're, they're, they're excited to get into it, but you have to kind of let them taste the whiskey, let them experience some of it to kind of understand their balance of, of price to what they might like and, and understanding kind of where they're coming from. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at some of the comments and, and lots of people have you know, ideas of what they did. Um, you know, Whiskey Crossing here has a great, you know, HP 12, Buna 12, Monkey Shoulder, Valvini, uh, you know, all started me off. The, yeah, the, those are those are great entry entry whiskeys. Th those give you a, a broad range. They give you some interesting flavors. And and that's, and this is where it gets interesting. So we, we've, hey, we've done some education. So you hopefully you've worked with the person with a few whiskeys to kind of uh, compare and contrast the whiskeys that you've had and say, yeah, do you like this? Do you like that? If not, once you've had a few whiskeys with them, that's when it gets kind of fun because you can expand or explore and expand their whiskey. So ah, explore. And that's yeah. where it's fun. So so you've done, you know, the HP 12 and the um, the Naked Grouse. Then you give them a Glendronic 15 or 18. <laughs> you're like, what? So, what? You're, so you're telling me you're hooking them in. You're bringing yeah, it in, so and you're like, now or you get the water into a, a an art bag or something where it's just like, boom, totally different, and and it 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 broadens the mind. Yeah, and that's where it gets really fun to to be able to kind of explore that whiskey and and to to broaden your high rise. And then once you do that, once you broaden that, then you start with the blind tastings. Oh. and then it's all fun. But you and know, you gamify it, and that's and that's what we do right. with those blinds. Is we've touched lots of whiskeys. We think we've been educated. We think we know what we're doing. But when, then when you blind it, all bets are off. Right. You really find out how dumb you are. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you know, so many people have said it, and and we are are living proof of it that it really does help to do, to go through the journey with friends, with, find somebody that to share this with, because yeah, we get, I, I'm not going to deny that there's some group think when we do reviews, of course, you, you're being influenced by the people that are around you, but for the, it, it really does help bring stuff out of you. It really does help you identify things and bring flavor notes or smells or tastes that you you were stuck on and i don't know how many times we've been doing a review you guys and i'm like oh oh what is it what is it what is it oh, yeah. one of you guys will say a word and i'm like oh right right you know it's and, yeah it's subliminal but i mean it really does kind of help you kind of and, and you we've learned from each other from that too though i mean that's sure. part of the journey too like you, you know like we've trained we've helped train our own noses in a sense to say okay what is that oh yeah that's what that is now we know we know that that's a sulfur note we know that's coming from this Part of that also goes back to the very first part of it, education. I mean, there's there's a lot to learn. I mean, there's a lot to learn about all <laughs> kinds of things. Um, and so yeah. that's part of the process as well, is understanding what am I smelling? Well, what are you drinking? 
oh, well, that's a blend. I, I Now I know why I get the hay. Okay. Well, and, th and that's the thing. So whiskey can be expensive too. And so that's why if somebody's getting into whiskey, if you, if you have a, even a moderate collection, you don't need to have a hundred bottles to be have an impressive collection. You can have half a dozen bottles and have a, have a breadth that is worth discussing. And so that's where, you know, you can tailor that person to their target and then they can start picking bottles and exploring in that region and kind of find what they like. And then, and I, and I actually kind of messed that, that up. The, the, the third point we had was, it was exploring. So that's where you kind of explore in, within your wheelhouse. You know, yeah. I like, I like sherry. And so let's, let's look at the sherry whiskeys or I like, I like bourbon cask whiskeys that are kind of more tame and, and subtle. And, and I'm really enjoying that. And then the, that fourth step is really where you blow the, blow the doors off and you give them a peated whiskey, you know, with a little bit of sherry influence in it to kind of make the transition or you just go ahead and go all in and get an Octomore and just well, blow your And hopefully by this stage in the game, um, they've, they've actually expanded their palate enough to where you can start giving them some higher proofed whiskeys. I mean, in the very beginning, we may have to put them on, a, on an ice ball or a little water on a 40 ABV because, I mean, I, I, there are some people out there, their first sip of whiskey might be right then and there, and 40% and is knocking them through the roof, right? Um, so it, by the time you get to this third or fourth step that you're describing, Andrew, it's, you can start exploring some of those 46, 48s, maybe get into your 50s or something, or do, go through a single cask bottle or something and, and really start showing them you know some of the really interesting things that scotch can be uh but you definitely don't want to start them off in the deep end with you know the lafroy that's the, the the single cast lafroy the one that's gonna you know kill them um but i look at where we're at now and it's funny we've we've done the journey around scotland right we've we've gone through the regions and we've all had our loves and and, and fallen in love with each region um and then we've all started at, at the 40s and we've gone up the scale to 67, 68% ABVs and, and cask strengths and loved them. And now, I think for the most part, we're, we're all starting to come back down the hill and really appreciate some of those lower ABVs again for some reason. It's just, it really is a journey That's and it's, a full it's circle. so fun. Yeah. yeah. And Wesley makes a good comment, our, our buddy Wesley, about that's part of the journey too, is understanding how they like to drink it, right? He he used to use an ice ball to, to cool it down. I got a, a good friend that he still would rather have it. And it's not so much, I mean, it's educational because then you have to talk about water and how water affects the whiskey and then what kind of ice do you use? I'm like, he used to just put regular ice in there. I'm like, don't do that. At least put a ball so you can control it because he likes to have his whiskey cold. He didn't okay, it's very hot. So I'm like, so I had at least educate him on say, well, well, this is what happens with it. He didn't, he didn't believe me about the, the water and how it affects the, 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 the alcohol and what it does to the flavor, et cetera. And he's like, once I showed him that, he doesn't do ice balls anymore. Well, and, and there's there are whiskey stones and there are whiskey, you know, there are stainless steel whiskey balls and things like that that yeah. you can use as well to cool it and not dilute right. it. Whiskey, you know, the ice balls will cool it and dilute it less than like a just a regular you know sonic ice or something where i'll just totally dilute it yeah but I, I i think the exclamation point at the end of all of these steps if you will 
is to, to start off and, and let them know that there's no wrong answers. You know, uh, yeah. you, every, this is so subjective. You don't, don't feel like you need to hold back on any comment or opinion you have on a whiskey uh, based on the company you're in. Because, I mean, let's be honest, guys. We're all different. We're all going to have different likes and, and dislikes. And, and that's just the nature of it. And that's okay. Um, say whatever's on your mind. I, I, that's one of the things that really helped us out right along the bat was that for some reason, Drew didn't have any hesitation just blurting out things that it reminded him of that you would never hear in a whiskey review. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the key is you have, you have to make it accessible. You can't be the, the whiskey snob that says, well, you should be tasting this, and if you don't, right. you know what you're talking about. Right. That's yeah. – I think that's honestly, that's, that's probably, I mean, we, so we all, I think it's obviously we, we all enjoy and love scotch, but I think half the reason we do it is because it's, it's such a cool thing to, and we talk about it all the time with our patrons and, and good friends. And it's like, you know, whiskey for sharing, you, you want to share the experience. You want to share the education. You want to share what you're tasting. You want to, you want confirmation that, yeah, am I getting that rice crispy treat? Is it just me? Am I weird? I mean, yeah, no, I got it too, man. You know, you want that. You want to kind of kind of share the experience, right? And you want to share what you've got. And then the other thing too is, you know, is it's just sharing is caring all together. You've got I've got tons of bottles here. Mark's got a few, I think, maybe a couple. And um part of it is just kind of going through it and um just being able to say, Hey, have you tried this? Have you tried this yet? Have you tried this? This is really good. Right. Speaking of there, uh, what do you got there? Let me set the stage so you guys, uh, knowing that uh, that we're going to be separated in tonight's show like this, I, I put together uh, a two-sample blind, and these guys are pouring them out. And it's not so much of a blind challenge. I actually want to incorporate some of the things that we just talked about in our, our main topic into this blind, I won't, I'll call it a blind comparison. It's not a blind challenge because that, there's there's nothing that I'm challenging you to with, with these two samples. But I, I really want you to compare them. I want you guys to walk through them um, one at a time. Give us your, your nose, your palate, your observations um, and compare and contrast the two. And then over the course of you doing this, I'll start sharing a little of information about what these samples are. And, and at the end, we'll have a little fun with it. So okay. I've given these guys two samples. Um, I think one's actually a bit darker than the other. If you that's, the, that's my right side on my right, it's a dark one, so. Um, it really doesn't matter which one you guys start with. I don't want to give you much information about them at all. I want you to approach these things as if you don't know what they are, because you don't, and and just walk us through this. I'm really anxious to get your guys's blind opinion here, and then as okay. I start sharing some information about them, you guys can ask questions, and maybe I'll answer, maybe I won't. But it's, it, there's not a challenge <laughs> here, so. So this is a good this is a good point. I mean, going down, how do you how do you uh get people into scotch or whiskey in general. I mean, this is a good way right here, just experimenting and, and understanding, letting, whisk, letting the, the whiskey do all the flavor and talking for you, not anything else. You may think you know it, you may already be educated, but then you're like this, and you're like, just throw that stuff away, because it doesn't make a difference. Right. 
<laughs> and then you do a blind challenge and you're like, wow, I don't know anything. <laughs> I'm going to start with a lighter one. Are you Sorry. doing? All right. So we, we have no idea on anything. Mark for these blind. We don't know what the ABV. We don't know any of that kind of stuff. We're just going to go into them. This is where you get humble and you, and you're forced to kind of expand your mind and, and, and dig into the whiskey without any preconceived notions. You don't know who made it. You don't know any of that kind of stuff. You just have to use your mind. That's where for a newbie, it's really hard to be able to do this. Yeah. This, this really forces you to go back in your whiskey library and think through things you've had before and what you have. And, and, you know, cause obviously I don't know what Mark has. I have no idea, honestly, no idea. <laughs> but, I, but I at least know things we've tried before and kind of can put them in kind of subtle categories. And the way you're going to know that is to have experience. Oh, well, this, this uh, lighter one, whichever, uh, this was the, um, the non-marked one. So we, he, right. he gave an unmarked bottle and then a bottle with a pink sticker on it. <laughs> and this is the non-marked bottle and it smells so good. It's like gingerbread and oh my gosh, sweetness and cake. And um, I'm not getting, I'm not getting peed on it, but vanilla. It smells, it smells warm. It smells a little hot. I would say, I mean, I haven't tasted it yet. It smells a little warm, it's tasty though. but I've got like um, Christmas marshmallow chocolate, like Santa things that smell. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's like I'm not, there's a little bit of cinnamon in there, but man, it just it, it smells delicious. Nutmeg on the nose. I got nutmeg, spiciness, all is spice. Oily on the glass. Yeah. Um, yeah, not not too bad. But yeah, it's oily. Legs aren't well, actually. No, it's See, pretty oily. Yeah, See, that's something that I've never been able to compare is I've never taken a a non-oily whiskey and an oily whiskey and, and seeing what the difference in the legs are, we probably need to work a little on that. Maybe Dr. Scott could work on that. That'd be fun. What does that mean? What does that mean when you get oily? Okay, so. Me, it means it, uh, it has a lot to do with the mouthfeel. Lots I mean, of oils and esters and things like that. Maybe, maybe it wasn't uh, nacho filtered. That would give a little bit more. That in so it tastes almost exactly like it smells short finish decent abv 46 ish maybe higher i don't know i can't tell yet in that range um but it doesn't it doesn't seem too hot um it's, it's fairly smooth if you will um kind of a toffiness to it on the, on the sweet side but it's nice yeah, I would say the, the palate isn't as good as the nose would predict to me. But it is very tasty. It's not as as Not very and, complex. Yeah. So, Drew, you nailed the ABV right on the head. It's a 46. Okay. Uh, and it is non-chill filtered. I, one of you guys said that. Mm. Mm. It's tasty. It's meaty. Kind of gives me the impression of like a. Reminds me of a blur athol. Really. Mm-hmm. See, I'm not. I'm not that kind of whiskey guy. I don't. I don't okay. have distilleries in my mind. 
Well, I I find it interesting because well, I know what Drew's been drinking lately, and he has been hitting the Blair Athol. I have a Blair Athol. And, and um, um, so I'm not surprised to hear him say that. I mean, he's been drinking a lot of Blair Athol. Water, and I've got vanilla, much more vanilla in the nose now. I put oh, a couple of water on it, yeah. Nose is about the same, a little lighter. Oh, more. Oh, there's uh, citrus coming out now in the nose I didn't have before. That's a tasty glass. I would never turn that glass away. It's, not <laughs> it's nice. It's got cotton in the nose, floral. Uh, that's that's a that's remarkable what water can do, even at forty six. I mean, it's not a particularly bold whiskey. It's not like a sherry bomb or a peated whiskey of great of great power or anything like that. But it's really flavorful. It, it is a um, what I would call a you know a classic classic Scotch. I, I, I tend to like a little more peatiness on a classic. You know, just a hint of peat in there. It's pretty subtle, but it's it's not, it's not a grain. I don't think it's a grain. It's 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 a it's a malt. Um, it, yeah. I think. What's that? You got to move into the other one? You, you can if you want to. I'm still analyzing this one for a second. Um, <laughs> We're speed kind of, it didn't have a very, um, the finish was fairly short at first, but now it's growing. Now that it's opened up a little bit and some and some legs to it here with water, it's growing. Um, I'm getting more of the, the, Barrel influence, which I think is more like a European oak, maybe. Mm. That's nice. I, I like that dram. It's it's a say some know. of it. I'm you going to. You don't think it's ex bourbon? You think it's more of a European oak, like a sherry? It's hard to say. Yeah, that, and that's what I, yep. All right, let's move on. <laughs> let's compare, compare and contrast. I'm gonna roll this. So a lot of times what I like to do is I like to roll it in the glass to get more surface area of the whiskey so I get a little better vaporization on the nose. Yeah, I did the same thing. That just got me that. I kind of roll it on here just to kind of coat the glass to kind of help make sure there's nothing else in the glass previously. Well, that's a sherry bomb. That's that's Oloroso, I think. It's it's this was higher ABV in the nose. I, I haven't gotten that right now. It's it's too it's too strong. Mm. Definitely sherry, old cherry, leather, those kind of things on there. Yeah, the nose is a little bit overpowered. Definitely leather. Not that it's bad. Mm. I can't tell. It's it's got sherry influence, but I can't tell. It's cinnamon apples on the nose. I think like like fifty ABV right now, but I can't tell. Above that, definitely and above fifty ABV. Oh man. Yeah, it just coats your tongue. Yeah, you got to check the legs on this. Um, wow, that's interesting. And that's tasty. It's very well-rounded. 
semi-sweet up front. For, this is the first taste. Semi-sweet up front rolls and a nice, nice semi-toned sherry. It's definitely caramelization. Apples, hints of red apple, just not much. Um, decent finish. Nothing mm -hmm. major on the finish. But decent finish. That's good. I don't. I can't tell the sheriness though. If a little bit know. of wheat bread on the nose. Wheat bread. I don't know the biscuits or how you would call it. So I don't think it's as high as I thought it was in ABV. What did you say it was? I thought on the nose, I thought it was closer to 50, but not anymore. Not that okay. I've had it in the palate. It's higher than 50, I think. No. Yeah. I think it's 46 <laughs> as well. I'm going to go 55 or 56, maybe. If it's and higher than that, it doesn't taste hot. I would say, uh, don't uh, don't catch yourself down in contestants row and the price is right against Drew, Andrew. <laughs> well, that's got a lot more heat on it than I was expecting. It's a 46.3. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you think, it's not right. He said that is not right. <laughs> the hell with that late. Yeah, it's wrong. Well, it, it, it has a lot more burn to it than the other one does for sure. It's got more toffee notes now with the water. Um, Definitely. I would say it's got more sherryness now than I had before with the water. That's just the alcohol kind of helping dissipate with the water. So I'm getting in there more. Oh, there's a sponge cake, like uh, yellow cake. In there, a hint of that. It definitely the water sweetened it up. I would agree with you on that. I'm getting more. I would get more cake out of it at this point. Um, I'm not getting as much leather, but the oloroso. Yeah, maybe we get more, a little more barrel influence now with the vanillas. That's what's pulling the that sponge cake up. Definitely vanilla now. The. It's a, it's a stronger sherry influence now that was before with the water on the palate. Longer finish now. Um, maltier. Um, something else there. Maybe a hint of chocolate. Um, this could be... 46.3 is a pretty specific ABV, so... <laughs> <laughs> Decent 20, maybe? No, decent no, 20. I would know that in a heartbeat. <laughs> That's you couldn't pass that one up on me. So I, I don't back know what this is, man. This is, this is like I'm, things of Buna Hobbin are coming in my head. Things of. Um, um, okay. Experience. Um, uh, things of Glengoyne. Things of Glendronic. So. I can tell you that the first one, I don't know the maturation. I've tried to find it. I, 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 I can't find it listed. It's not on the label or anything. The second one, the maturation is exclusive X-Sherry, uh, according to the label. Um, the age on both of them, you guys got a clue? Or do these taste young, old, 
somewhere in between? What do you What do you think? They don't taste old. They taste. They taste. Um, they taste young. They don't taste like non. They taste like taste like non-age statements. They don't taste like they're very established. I don't. I don't have any mustiness out of them. I don't have anything that. And and, and that's a hard question to really ask answer because. Sure. How do we define age on some of these things. We've gone down that gambit before of, of saying non-age statement versus age. I don't know about that, but but they don't, they taste younger in in from what I experienced before. So let me uh, ask you this: comparing the two, okay, you guys have spent considerable time on each glass. Are there notes that you catch in both of them? Is there anything similar amongst the two, or are these exact opposites? Are they too far apart to to be related? The the sherry well, they can be the same distillery for I know. I mean, they have they they do kind of have a same kind of characteristic, um, but but they're different flavors. I mean, well, the maturation is different. We know that for sure on the the exclusive sherry on the second one, especially with the color. Yeah, I I think the sherry influence on the second one is kind of overpowering the other one. So I went back to the first one. I'm getting a lot more apple in it, which I didn't get before, but when you when you contrast it to the sherry, it it, it comes up more. <laughs> uh, so I can't. Again, I'm a dummy. Okay. So that we'll, we'll we'll knock we'll knock Drew down a little bit on the age. Um, they uh, Wesley made a comment up here. I, I have to kind of show it. They taste young is hilarious phrase out of context, right? So, so the first one. The first one's 24 years old, uh, and the second one is 18. I was going to say this is even 18. That's my first guess. This one, this one had um, tasted. They both tasted young. As far I couldn't really tell you. I just that's a hard question. Right. But but this one, I I feel like this one has more subtle complexiness to like a like a Johnny Walker Blue. It's it's got very subtle notes in there. I really like this first one. The second one here feels like a Buna 18 in that kind of context of what I know from its experience. But um, it, it doesn't, I couldn't tell you the age. There's no, I. Well, so. I, I will say that, you know, it's hindsight. You, you said they're 18, 24. I felt that they were older than that, you know, or not older than 18, but more than like eight or 12 year old because they didn't have any harshness. Their edges were rounded, well-rounded over. Okay. It, it didn't have like that new make um, kind of astringent quality to it. But again, I'm not good at telling you of, is that all. Oh, it didn't have typical qualities of them. But, you know, um, uh, uh, Johnny or Dalmore King Alexander III is a nine H statement, but it doesn't have any of that astringent quality as well. So I can't, I can't tell right. you that's all old. Yeah. You so, can't really get in there. I mean, some of this stuff is just so like, yeah. You just have to be honest and say what you get. Yeah. I mean, it, you can play. This is where it gets hard on blinds because you take that part we discussed earlier about introducing the whiskey and you know, scotch and, and education and knowing what you have. You almost have to take some of that with a grain of salt and say and piece it a little bit to kind of help you out. But other, other than that, you have to almost ignore it because just say what you got. I mean, be honest and, and say what it is. And, and you might get lucky because... It's 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 really hard to say whether something's a non-age statement or a twelve-year in some of these. Sure, I will tell you this: you, you nailed the eighteen, the Booney eighteen. This is Booney eighteen. 
It is. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's tough. You know, Andrew, you, you had made a comment earlier about Deanson 20. I was like, there's no way I'm putting a Deanson 20 in front of Drew. Right? <laughs> but I should have known better with Bunahab and 18 as well. Now, the interesting thing is, is the other one is a Bunahabin as well. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a, not, it's a, um, it's an independent bottling of Bunahabin, and it's a 24-year-old bottled by Whiskies of Scotland. Um, completely different, you know, different looking bottles. ABV. Wow. So this is 46 ABV. It's hard to to, to see the actual label with the light, but um, it's a. Bunahaven, 1989, 24-year-old, 46%. And then obviously, you know, the one with the, the pink sticker is your Bunahaven 18. I, what I wanted to do when I said compare, there's a blind comparison because these are, these are two whiskeys that were laid down at the same distillery. You know, it's the same distillate. Um, and they're fairly similar in age. I mean, yeah, they're six years apart, but the only thing that really sets them apart is one is a distillery bottling and the other is a, an independent bottling and the maturation. I really just couldn't find anything in the maturation on this independent. So I, I agree with you, Andrew, the shariness of the 18 was going to overpower and, and mask some of that distillate flavoring that I wanted to see if you guys could pull out and say, you know what, they're related, they're siblings. I can tell you that much. I, um, I can tell you when I, I felt pretty pretty good about the Buna, at least my my thought process on this one. And when you asked if they're similar, I would not have been shocked because of that. I mean, just because I've had different this different independent bottlers before, and it's like that's it, a great actually way to get into independent bottlers because when you have something that's created by the distillery and then you give it to an independent bottler, they take it and they can do other things to it. Right. Sometimes you get, I mean, sometimes it's hard to get those subtle notes for what it is, but I mean, it doesn't shock me at all to know that this is a Buna as well. It really doesn't because that's what independent bottlers do. They make something out of something they're used to really cool and creative. See, so, that's, that's what's so interesting here is, you know, I'm, I'm trying, okay, so if I if I take my, um, the 24-year-old and, and knows it and, and get that, that nose profile and then go into the uh, the 18, it, it it gets completely overpowered by the sherry. So that tells me that the sherry cask phenomena, there's they do it for a reason. You get a different flavor profile very quickly. Now this is 18 year old, but you get a, a much much more powerful um, flavor profile coming in. And I can't pull any of that apple and things out into that sherry one just because the sherry overpowers it. Yeah. Sure. Now, interestingly enough, I, I don't even know. Does anybody know a price point on Buna 18 right now? Uh, yeah, it's like uh, 100, and, 100 bucks, I think, something like that. No, it's more than that. 120 maybe? Oh, oh got it. I, got it right. I got it anywhere from 157 to oh. 170 Wow. So, okay. Enough, this independent bottling bottle that's six years older is anyways about ten to twenty dollars cheaper than that. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. And, and of independent bottlings, but um, there, there's no like. Alejandro asked a question about: Are there anything? Is there anything close? Andrew, would you say is there anything? I'm I couldn't say anything. 
I'm having a hard time finding a common a common denominator across them. I it's not like I mean no, there there really isn't. I mean they're I find they're that different. Awesome. So I, you know, I've been sitting on this this whiskeys of Scotland bottling uh, for a long time, and so I'm dying to try it. Obviously, I'm not going to try it tonight because I'm not going to waste it. But I, I'm excited after I heard you guys, you know, walk through it. I'm like, damn it! It sounds like it's going to be pretty good. <laughs> mm. um, so that's Maybe. cool. But it it was more of a an experiment in trying to find commonality. Alejandro really asked the question that I wanted answered. I, I got to tell you, I'm a little bit disappointed that there isn't, that there wasn't, you guys weren't able to find that common ground on it. But I do agree, Andrew, and I, I understand that, you know, especially when it comes to sherry, fully sherry match, matured whiskey, that it's easy to mask, mask some of that new make, some of that distillery flavoring. I, I mean, think, 18 years is a long time in a sherry cask. Yeah, I think if you're going to find, I mean... If, if you're if you're that good and you can find something from Bunahaven 18 and, and whatever this 24 year old whoever their bottler was and you can find those subtle notes I mean you're you're no dummy you're you really are good at dice it's like you know I do music all the time and when I, you know I listen to music you know you you make fun of me because I I don't know any words of music I can't listen to words but I hear all the instruments like a composer I can hear everything going on. And that's what, when you taste whiskeys, it's like you pinpoint all those little subtleties that I, I can't do that well. I, I, I'm decent at, at memory, memory tasting, et cetera. But some of those guys that have that tongue palate, they can get in there in their nose and they can taste like all kinds of nuances that they can say, this is the same distillery. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine doing that with these two. There's no, no way. It, the, only, wow. the only common area I found on these it's kind of in the in the mid to late palate. So once the sherry is, is kind of burned, the sweetness of the sherry is burned off, and before the chocolate has come up, there's a little bit of commonality there. But it may be just because I'm looking for it. it yeah, but you're right. right. There's, there's no way you would have pulled it out. Right. I mean, you're no. we are we are above average smeller tasters in that sense. This is like pro tasting to be able to get to that kind of craziness. Yeah. But this it was a really interesting project. That's I cool. mean, Fun. I liked it. It was cool. Oh, yeah. So I would say, boy, I don't know. I mean, the the twenty four year old is definitely a better summer dram. This it's light and fresh and and you know apple and things like that. Whereas the Boone eighteen is kind of a meteor, darker winter winter dram. So I'm on. I can tell you, I'm probably on my own island. I'm not. I'm. I like the eighteen Boone eighteen. I don't get me wrong. I'm going to drink it, but I won't buy it by the bottle. You now this. I'd buy a bottle of this any day. I really enjoy this bottle. Ah, shit. It, it is tasty. I would say that that it's unique. It, it's unique to uh, um, it's it's great. I mean, it's a great great glass. Yeah, I really like it. I'm just into that kind of flavor profile right now. It's really good. So, so all right, guys, we're coming to the top of the hour, and and I want to what what's on the uh, what's on the forecast group for Scotch for Dummies? Obviously, we got reviews that we probably need to get together and do, which will be challenging for us because I'm gonna have to rate everything a zero. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna. I mean, unfortunately, it is what it is. Yeah, right? part, part of the process of all of us eventually getting it, or somewhat. But uh, I think we're going to continue doing this series. We're going to try and be educational as much as possible. We've got a Glenn Livet for Dummies coming out. Sean's going to be filming that over here next week, I think. Ah, um, we got Dr. Scotch stuff coming back up again. We're going to do some more of those shows. We've got some good good reviews coming. 
Um, although it's going to be one of those where it's probably going to be either be me, Andrew, and Sean here or remotely, or at least yeah. hopefully, Mark, you can come back to the a taste world soon and you can get on that uh, road with us. But we're going to continue doing some of this stuff. And we've got yeah. some, uh, uh, we've got our Patreon um, Secret Santa swap call coming up as well. So that's going to be something that we're going to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, I hope everybody's getting through them. I actually reached out to the individual that sent me my samples, uh, Mr. George Cap, and I told him that I'm not able to get through his samples right now. I'm not going to waste yeah. them. I know that yeah, I'm a lot of effort, and so um, I'm I'm probably gonna have to kick my can down the road for a couple weeks, hopefully less than more. But um, that's all right. I, I'm looking forward to that call. It's always a fun call to hear both sides of the swap story right so and that's that's fun and exciting and you reminded me of sean's um uh glenlivet for dummies and I'm, I'm super stoked about that those are always fun fun videos that have a ton of information and they uh they they are they're always well received so yep um, and we got the patreon after party coming up so zach just posted it so if you're a patron make sure you go check it out we're going to join that here in just a second but the the, the four dummies stuff i mean we we are um i'll just add this last thing is we're 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 taking more of a different educational approach too. We're doing more of those. So we're going to be doing, doing more for dummies things. And to add, um, just to give you a little bit of extra tease here, I've been talking to Jason at the Mash and Drum, and we're working on something special with him as well. We're going to be doing a new series. Uh, we're still working on the bugs and kinks, et cetera, but bourbon for dummies is coming. It's coming to you. So we're well, super excited. How does a scotch drinker become a bourbon drinker? Well, we're gonna find out. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you guys on the after show. We appreciate you guys. Uh, everyone have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. It's great seeing everybody. Cheers.